Welcome to the DC University podcast. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. No, it's not DC University. It's Marvel Cinematic University. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, but we are discussing a DC movie. We're giving you a little something extra. And if you if you like extra, you can follow the, follow the show at MC University Pod. And also, we got a Patreon. Patreon.com mm-hmm. slash MC University Pod. As we give you something a little extra in the function of Black Adam, the big movie with Dwayne Johnson. I'm here. Jake Christie is here. Jake, how are you? Uh, I am doing all right. Uh, similar to how I feel the balance of power in the DCEU is doing. <laughs> did, did the balance of power change? Did the hierarchy change? These are questions. These are amongst the questions that we will mm-hmm. answer as we talk about this movie. And so we saw, we each saw this movie in the theater over the weekend. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of discussion about this movie generally when it comes to audience score versus critic score and people going back and forth and Dwayne Johnson's interesting way of, interesting way of promoting this movie generally. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of that we can get to, but first... What did you think of the movie? I thought it was pretty mid. Uh, I didn't hate it because it, one, it takes a lot for me to hate a movie, yes. and like there, I think a lot of the visual choices made during the fight scenes were incredibly interesting. And my thought during them was, and I'm not someone who thinks this normally because once again, I do a fucking podcast about superhero movies, so I'm not <laughs> someone who looks down on the genre. But my thought was, Jesus Christ, I wish Jean Collette could be doing something else because <laughs> it just was like really interesting. Like, it doesn't need to be wasted on a Black Adam movie. Come on. <laughs> but I thought that it was very paint by the numbers in almost every aspect of the movie, with some exceptions. Yes. In a way that. I found, which I normally am fine with, but I found the lead performance of the film so there's not compelling enough or charming enough for me to forgive it of the issues I had with it. I think we will talk about it. I think the discourse you bring up with audience score and critic score is completely actually untethered to what people think about the film. I think Mm -hmm. it's just a complete... People just mad about different ways of viewing movies. But mostly my thought when I left it was like, that wasn't that good, but whatever. I don't regret it. I have was it was a nice enough time. There was cool stuff, uh, but obviously, of course, the top line in my review, and I tweeted this: is Jesus Christ Almighty, how is Pierce Brosnan still so hot? He's sixty nine <laughs> years old. He looks better than you and I will ever look. That's we could true. lose like all of our body fat, Pretty get much. like a full makeover, and yeah. we would not look as good as he does. It's anyway. That's that act. That's the most important part of the review, to be honest. I think that. In some ways is accurate, but I'll say this. I was I was surprised by how much I enjoy this. And I think you speak to when you talk about the whole not compelling portion of Dwayne Johnson's performances. And I mean like, yo, when he this is him in every film. It's the same yeah. thing. It is amazing how <laughs> The range, you know, he's literally, he's literally just shacking the paint. That's all I'm doing. I'm not doing mm-hmm. anything else. I'm not doing no, shit else. No, Denzel is shacking the paint where he'll do the same thing, but is great at it. The Rock is like, oh, wait, all right, give me a name, give me a name. You know what I mean? Like he's not, he's doing, he's not doing the different moves, but he's also not that great at it. <laughs> well, I, it's, it's, it's funny to think about because 
I could not care less about Dwayne Johnson as a superhero or anti-hero or however he decided to make this, which is funny. So let's talk about the ethos and mythos mm-hmm. of Black Adam. So Black Adam, DC character, the dude is really a villain when we think about it. Like, mm-hmm. if you really go back and like look and read and whatever. But the way that they chose that he chose to portray him. And I think this is to me. And I, and as I keep thinking about this film more is it is amazing how the rock made this film and booked it like professional wrestling. Like he really did in so many ways. And I think that's part of the reason why I enjoyed it because I'm just so used to it as a Mm -hmm. wrestling fan because it's like you have, he turned this Black Adam villain person into an anti-hero who in a lot of cases, audiences will cheer. And you have Aldous Hodge as Hawkman. Well, you Mm -hmm. know, we'll talk to, uh, we'll talk about him a little bit more, but they turned him they turned a very charismatic dude into a very stiff, like, just paint-by-the-numbers, like, quote-unquote, good guy. Like, mm-hmm. he's just the good guy. So, in most... Inst- you, you, you're, you're talking about wrestling. What term would you want to use for him? I well, saw your use... <laughs> okay, so, like, the, they're calling him... They're basically calling it... But he's a babyface. So, mm-hmm. Hawkman's a babyface. The Rock is an anti-hero babyface. Like... It's almost like it reminds me of Stone Cold Steve Austin when he broke out in in 97 mm-hmm. when he was really getting on that run where like he was just the you know no nonsense I'm going to kill people type of type mm-hmm. of dude I'm going to just like you know break the rules and all that other stuff and people were cheering that. So in the way that this was presented in terms of the whole Kondok and and the rock and uh, Black Adam being the the champion of Kondok mm-hmm. And stuff like that. If you get past the wrestling portion of the booking and you don't look at it that way, yeah, the movie's gonna suck. It it mm. actually like it is going to be mm. like pretty bad. But if you look at it in terms of like the psychology of it, mm-hmm. it, it's easy to get roped in to all of that stuff, even with The Rock not being compelling in the role yeah. at all, because he was not at all. But I, I liked every, I, I think everything else around it. My number one hang up with the movie yes. is that it's everything you're saying is correct. And I, once again, do a podcast about superhero movies. I'm mm-hmm. p- perfectly fine with paint by the number stories. Yeah. It's that, that they keep saying he's an antihero. He's an antihero. He's not really an antihero. He kills a court full of. Like, he kills a king and, like, yes, a couple civilians because he's very mad that his son was murdered. Right. Like, that's not it. Like, they keep saying that he's, like, a loose cannon and we don't know what he's going to do. All we see him do is, like, be really mad that his son died. And then we see him, like, kill mercenary thugs. Yes. And so, like, I just don't buy I, the, the I don't buy the conceit that he's an anti-hero. And I wanted to because I think that that's an interesting idea. But, and the reason I think why I was so much hung up on it is that Unlike someone, unlike other one-dimensional actors who are bad actors, I feel like The Rock always plays the same character in every movie because he's afraid of ruining his brand. Yeah. And almost nothing really affects... I don't mind corniness. I don't mind cheesiness. I don't mind people being this and the other. 
that actually does like offend me as a movie fan. Like that just because if you he is clearly doing things that are making movies worse in order to make sure like his Q rating is still high across the globe. And then it's just like, fuck you. Like, I just don't, that, that really annoys me. And I feel like that that's why he's not much of an antihero is because The Rock didn't want to do actually bad things on screen. I am glad that you said that because that is exactly what professional wrestling is. It's always about how you look. It's not yeah, necessarily about, no, but that's the thing. Like, it's yeah. not about how you, it's not, a, not about wins and losses and stuff like that to a degree. He always wants to look strong. Like, think about the, the stuff with Vin Diesel and the Fast and the Furious stuff. Mm. It was just about like, yo, I don't want to be the one who loses the fight. You know how crazy that type of shit is? Like the, the ego that goes into that? You know what the worst example of it that's less con- less known is the movie Rampage, which I think is actually not bad. Yes. I don't know if you have you seen the film Rampage? Yes, I have. So at the end, you know when like the big gorilla, you think it's dead, but it turns out it's playing dead? In the script, the gorilla was supposed to be dead because of course it is because it got like a fucking pole through its chest. Uh, <laughs> but the rock insisted that it not be dead because like, what is it like? Rock movies don't have happy and I mean, don't have sad endings. I think is what he said. And it's like, what are we doing here, man? Yeah, like, like yeah, I, that case in point, case in point. So even with that being said for me, even with me agreeing with you about no, that, uh huh. I still like, it's, it's, it's so weird because I'm sitting, I'm sitting there watching it and I watched it. I went with my wife and so we're talking after it and I'm like, you know, I don't know if it's one of those things where do I really like this film? Because for whatever reason, there's something about it that I just really enjoyed. And I do think yeah. as you get roped into the psychology of it and I think from a just a DC nerd in me, I think seeing the Justice Society of America interests me. Mm-hmm. A Doctor Fate, the Pierce oh, Brosnan. Yeah, that's the best part of the movie. It, it, yeah, yeah, his his stuff was really interesting too. I got a soft spot for the dude, uh, Muhammad Amer. Uh, mm-hmm. What you call? It? He has the show on Netflix, and he's a part of uh, the show uh, Rami that I really enjoy. So seeing him in it as the comic relief was cool. Um, I mean, the only thing, the only thing, I mean, that kid, Jesus yeah. Christ. I, I hope that the child actor who I'm not going to look up the name of, cause I don't want to say directly. <laughs> I hope that they take the salary that they got for this movie, which is presumably a lot. Cause they were in a movie a lot. It's a big movie. And I hope that they put it towards a degree in something other than acting. Um, <laughs> goddamn skateboard, man. Oh my God. It truly, it, I was like, did, was the, uh, was every scene with this kid in it written in 1992? Like, was this, uh, it really, it really was. And he just wouldn't shut up. Like, how are they letting him continue to talk this long? Like, th- get back to the, back to the damn movie. I mean, mm-hmm. Jesus. But and I do want to yeah. shout out uh, Sarah yes. Shahi, who basically oh, yeah, plays, who plays honestly, kind of the leader of the movie for a lot of it. I mean, it's her arc that we're following because Black Adam yeah. like, kind of has an arc, but not really. Um, <laughs> she's been one of those people. She's been around forever um, and uh, a great, uh, you know, we were talking about the Discord. She's just been on TV forever um, and I'm glad she finally got her shot uh, to be a, kind of a lead in a movie. And I thought that 
kind of underscore another problem I have with the Rocket which is not my problem to have necessarily, but it is notable that basically every character who's in Kondok is played by a, you know, person of some type of Middle Eastern descent. And The Rock, while he is ethnically ambiguous, we know that he's Samoan and black. He's not from the Middle East. Uh, and that he speaks with an American accent. And Oh, listen, yeah, that's funny things. as hell. It's whatever. Like, I, I would rather him speak with an American accent than try mm-hmm. to do a quasi-Egyptian or Persian accent. Uh, but or whatever it was he was doing in them flashbacks. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Just. It's, I think that there's I, the the ultimate thing is I think that there's a lot to like mm. about the movie. This is not a movie where stepping out of it, I'm like. Now, I think anyone who's like, this is one of the best DC movies ever done, I think that that's crazy. But your opinion on it, I don't find crazy. There are some movies I've seen where I'm like, if someone likes this, I fundamentally disagree with them about everything. This there's all plenty to like about it. It was fun. Like I said, the action was really good, which is a thing that Marvel sucks at. Which is what I mean, Jean Claude Serra is like, he's an action guy first and foremost, which is why it's good. Let me tell you. Okay, so I, I do want to get to the action in a second, but I do think you you make a you make a you make great points on like the whole enjoyment of the movie thing because this is the thing. Like I will throw this out, and it's not even a qualifier. It's just like straight up what it is. Sometimes, and I think part of it is what you and I do together, and the way that we really like analyze. And I'll get I'll get deep on analyzing characters, especially in these MCU movies, like personally who they are and stuff like that, and really get into it. This movie is just not about that. It's just like we're just going and we're just doing shit, and people are looking cool and beating the hell out of each other for two hours, and then we're done. And honestly, in some ways, it was a palate cleanser for me. And I think that's why it enhanced my enjoyment of the movie. I didn't feel like I needed to think about it too much. The only thing that I really cared about in terms of like overall was like, okay, like what are some of the Easter eggs and what is what is it going to look like if it continues? Now, I will say from the wrestling booking perspective that I mentioned earlier, I think that it's fine to do it for this film. If they keep doing it, that shit is going to just, is not going to work. And that's the old, this is the thing when The Rock is involved with doing the entire production of the film. Mm -hmm. It's his production company that's doing the film. He's going to be doing multiple films apparently of this. And it seems like he has a lot of pull at over at WB. Uh Uh-huh. I will just say if they if he continues down this path without getting either some advice or just a way to differentiate what these films are, it's going to just be repetitive and then yeah. it will get worse. It will just gradually be worse. The thing I was thinking while I was watching it is that when you watch Deadpool, you can tell that Ryan Reynolds loves this character and has worked forever to get it on screen, right? Like you, he just has so much love for the source material. Mm-hmm. And this it's a somewhat similar story where the rock has been trying to get a black Adam movie made forever. And you don't see that at all in his performance. I just like, yeah. if I didn't know that I would not believe it. I'd be like, what is And this is, I don't want to just pile on the rock. Cause I think that he can be good and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is honestly just like a, from what I understand of the character and what the movie is trying to ask me to believe, it actually feels like a pretty miscast part for him. Um, Agreed. And so, if they can solve that and give him interesting things to do, um, I think he could do some interesting stuff. Like he's, it's not like I never want to see him again in a movie, but I am just like, it's one of those things where it's like, just 
you you need him to take his hand off the wheel, and I just have doubts that that's going to happen. But obviously, we're just talking about this one movie, and I think that there's to some extent he clearly was the thing I respected about the movie in his part is that he allowed the movie to be about a lot more than just him. He's he's actually not in the movie as much as you might think based on the fact that he's called. You Black know what? Not to cut you, but one of my favorite one of the no. first questions that I thought of when I walking out the theater: What's the over under of how many days did he spend on set? Mm. That's always an incredibly hard question to answer, especially with the way we make movies nowadays, because you never know if like there could have been some of those scenes, like the flying scenes where he was not on set at all. But then there also could be fighting scenes where he spent a whole day just doing like two poses. You know what I mean? Like it's impossible to know. Because it feels like Aldous Hodge did a lot of heavy lifting in this. Yeah. Like they asked him to do, they asked him to do a lot of exposition. And it's unfortunate because again, like, they didn't have to make him literally so stiff as a character. It was just like it. It that was like I like. I genuinely like Aldous Hodge, and I feel mm-hmm. like they just like neutered him to a degree. It was just like it was so unfortunate. Like the the costume is awesome. The mm-hmm. character on its face is cool, but then when you get to the talking about it, it's just so. There's so many rigidities. It feels like they had to make him extra rigid to make a stark contrast with Black Adam. Because since Black Adam is not actually that bad, in order mm-hmm. to believe that they hate each other this much, he has to be super rigid, right? That yeah. there's not that there's not much of a contrast with them without it. And I think that yeah, they do. It does feel like they're kind of wasting Aldous Hodge's power because he is so charismatic in a way that you don't really see in this movie. I like the friendship he has with Dr. Fate. That was nice, and I believe that yeah, I, very I quickly. Um, yes. But it is kind of like, wow, uh, I hope that Hawkman is in more stuff because this doesn't feel like... You know, Stephanie Williams was previously saying she was calling it the Hawkman movie, and I'm very sad for her because it's, it's not the Hawkman movie. He's in it it's a lot, not. but it's definitely not. Yeah, it's not. And, it's, and, that, and that part, like, for me is unfortunate. And to your point, I would like to see... Aldous Hodge as Hawkman outside of this and maybe just give him a little a, a few more layers and to his to his personal personality and yeah but let's talk about the action because the action is is by far easily yeah. the best part of the movie there are a lot of like really just fun scenes and again DC I will say this like a, just the one just the one negative like y'all got it with the slow with the slow motion. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ! Like you, you made you do it every time, and like it's so extended, and you do multiple shots of it in one mm-hmm. one specific scene. I don't need the slowdown all the time. It's okay. Let the stuff flow. Like it's cool to just like let it go. But um, yeah. overall, but just continue. I I think that they have a lot of. I didn't hate all of the slow motion because I think that some of the visuals were good. Like I think, for example, like yeah. I thought the cyclone visuals were great. Like I thought that was a really well thought out way of visualizing that character, right? And I think that a lot of the fighting with Black Adam and Hawkman was well visualized. I thought the Doctor Fate stuff was just like expert level. Oh, holy shit, that was fire! It felt honestly like. It felt like they saw the ways that they use multiple Doctor Stranges, and it's like, what if we did that but made it cool? Not sorry, yeah. not made it cool, but made it like badass. And yes. 
so yeah, that was definitely my favorite part of the action. And once again, I the thing I liked about it, the thing that was refreshing about it was that it felt like that was what they approached these scenes with is like, what are the cool things we're going to show and what are the cool visuals we're going to have? Which of course the criticism you could have of Marvel is that they don't actually have, th- th- there's not a lot of creativity going to the action scenes. Whereas this, it felt like the dialogue scenes were perfunctory and the action scenes were the ones that they put a lot of effort into. Yeah. You know, I couldn't agree more. I think, yeah, the, the Hawkman black Adam fight, like immediately there was, there was just so much fun to, to see it just go back and forth and back and forth. And it's one of those things where neither, neither side is really given too many inches on, uh, in the fight itself. And you have that. I thought Adam Smasher looked really cool. Cyclone also uh, looked really cool. And then, yeah, you can't talk about this movie without talking about Dr. Fate and Pierce Brosnan. Not only, not only like in his limited, in his in his limited uh screen time and performance but it's just like the efficiency was just up there like he was he, he delivered though the he's in the pocket he's yeah he's just he was just throwing up buckets i was just completely floored with he like part of me i i, I love to think about in this way it's like this is a second tier dc movie but no one told pierce brosnan he's like oh shit, i'm gonna fucking act today sorry about this i don't know i don't know about y'all but i was planning on acting today uh excuse yeah. me um and like and, and that's not to insult anyone but like as i i'm sure i think aldous hodge was kind of just stifled by his material but like he really was just f- frankly like dr fit i just you I would just honestly prefer to see a Dr. Fate movie. Uh, and I hope that because, because, you know, I'm sure that there's some comics that did, it's a, because the power comes from a helmet and isn't intrinsic to him. I'm sure they could do something with a Dr. Fate, maybe even a young Dr. Fate. Um, not too young. Cause I want Pierce Bros to still play him, but yeah, I love the character. I don't know anything about him from the comics, but tell me how you felt about it. Well, I think as somebody who, not only in comics but in cartoons have seen have have seen Doctor Fate. I thought it was wonderful. I think that that helmet is just kind of one of my favorite visuals overall in DC, and the the abilities and powers of it were illustrated in just such a perfect display. The force fields, the the way that not only he you know can transport his 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 mind to talk to to Adam when I, when I think he was looking for the kid and and stuff like that i thought that was perfect i think you could not nail that any better than they did and i need more i will, i need more of that i need more of doctor fate in any type of capacity and they should bring they should bring. I think. I think the other name, um, besides Kent Nelson, is uh, Khalid Nasor. Is the uh, is a, is another Doctor Fate. So if they decide to bring him, and then maybe have Piers do the spirit of of uh, a departed Doctor Fate kind of there, like I could I could get down with something mm-hmm. like that. So that's kind of like where I am. I, I that was. You could make the argument easily that that was the best part of the movie. Yeah. Just not only his scenes, the action, everything that you got from it. Um, towards the end, where he, you know, puts the force field up, and that was probably like, okay, this was the most compelling portion yes. of the movie. And I th- agree. Did. And of course, the problem is that it's two characters who are not named Black Adam. <laughs> like that kind of is a problem. <laughs> um, 
But no, I, I thought that was really good, and I thought that he had a really interesting arc of the idea of, you know, uh, trying to, like, how, what, what do you do if you know the future, you know, and if you care about people. Yeah. Right, if you want to change, it, there are certain things that you can't change about destiny, and not being able to tell people exactly what their destiny is, but knowing and being a part of somebody's life in that way knowing that you're going to knowing that eventually you're going to die at some point and I thought that no what he said what uh what Kent said about I I I don't see anything beyond this and it's beautiful and I was just like whoa damn Pierce okay <laughs> hit me with it mm-hmm. hit me with it so I think again you can't um just think about this movie without Dr. Faye Ooh, boy <laughs> Ooh, my God. Man, those Skittles I ate would have to be working overtime for me to enjoy. Let me tell you that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, and it and it's funny, so like when you think when you think about and this is why I, I lean so heavily into the professional wrestling element of this movie, it's like you have Black Adam on one side, and then you have this I can't even remember the dude's name, the villain who's like this. He has multiple this, this names, demon. which is the problem. Uh, it, it, <laughs> yeah, because he has like fake names. One of them, let me see exactly what it is. I should know off the top of my head, but uh, I think this is speaking to a problem with the movie as well. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. I just was like, Ishmael is-, is, his, is the name he goes by at the beginning, but he's also known as, he also plays Sabak and King Akhtar. Because, no, of course, he plays his own ancestor because that's a thing. Because uh, obviously, as we all know, your ancestor from five thousand years ago looks just like you. This is a thing we all know about genetics. It, it's just, <laughs> it's just amazing. And it's I'm, I was upset about it because the actor who plays him, Marwan Kanzari, he first is no he played Jafar in the live action remake of Aladdin, which is of course forgettable. But he is, I think, unbelievable in the Netflix film The Old Guard. Um, he gives oh, the monologue yes, yes, yes. about his love, which is one of the most moving things I've ever seen on a movie. And it's like the old guard. He just is given absolutely nothing to do in this movie, obviously because it has the justice society. That's kind of the whole problem is that they don't have any space for the villain to do anything. Um, and yeah, it just felt like a waste of a lot of, I don't know. I, I felt, I, I can't really speak too hard about it because Marvel obviously has a huge villain problem, but mm-hmm. at times it felt like anytime they're bringing the crown back up, it's like, Oh wait, yes, this movie has to have a villain. I forgot. No, it's funny that you mentioned that. And again, like when I lean on, when I lean on the wrestling, like I talk about the, it just, it was like one of those premium live events or even a house show where the villain is basically, all right, so we're going to just bring this dude in to get beat up. And that's just pretty much like that's his only, his only purpose is to get beat up. Like we don't really care about the story. It's not anything that's really interesting per se. The motivation is just like, so like who is this, who is this dude talking to at the beginning is it, is he working with inner gang? Is he at the head of inner gang? It, I, we don't get any no. understanding of any of those things at all. And then he's just, he just ends up being guy who is bad and guy who is there to get beat up. Also, the fact that they managed to make a guy purposely dying so he could convene with demons in hell and come back as like a demon, not cool, is kind of an achievement. Because like that's, I was watching this like, why is this the first time I'm hearing about him trying to convene with demons? 
of course, because the movie's not interested in that. But like, I'm sorry, maybe I'm crazy, but I think that people convening with demons in an upside down afterlife is pretty freaking cool. So I wish I would have saw more of it. Uh, no, I would agree with that. And the more that I think about this movie, I think it is propped up heavily by a lot of the reshoots that were mm. done. And I remember this movie was done a while back and then they had a release date. I think it was supposed to be, yeah, it was supposed to be a summer movie. Um, it was supposed to be earlier this summer and they moved it to October cause they wanted to do the Viola Davis reshoots. Mm-hmm. Um, and because she, she originally was not mm-hmm. in this movie and also the Henry Cavill thing, which we'll get to shortly, uh, was something that was added too. So, just think about how those test screens probably went before these two particular things were added into the film and how that scored with audiences. And they were just like, oh, yeah, we kind of need to redo this a little bit. Yeah, I think what that tells me based on the Viola Davis scene specifically is that the problem I'm talking about with him not seeming bad enough was probably more pronounced because most of what she's doing is just telling she's the one who establishes that they need to stop him. You know what I mean? And that like, mm-hmm. without that, I, without that, I have no idea why the justice society is so free, freaked out. Yeah. About. Why are they so, yeah. Why are they so like focused on, why are they so focused on him? Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair, that's a fair question to ask. And I think when you look at this movie overall, it's, I think it's emblematic of of uh, Warner Brothers in DC as a whole and what they want to do and what they're trying to do and why it continues to not get to where they necessarily always want to go because they're always in an instance where and I don't even think like it's not one of those things where. I would even make a comparison to Marvel. No. I think it's just one of it's it's their own thing where it's very clear when it comes to the studio heads and stuff like that that whatever conversations are going on there's too many chefs in the kitchen. They remind me of a sports franchise like it reminds me of the mid 2000 Knicks mm-hmm. with Isaiah Thomas mm-hmm. and the way that that team was run and it was just run poorly in the sense that you have so many people trying to get over on each other and I'm referring to the WB Studios is that you can never you can never get a firm handle on trying to get projects off the ground in a way that you can streamline everything in a cohesive manner and it seems like the rock is now just a dude who's coming in and throwing his weight around. And while he keeps going on with this whole, like, I'm going to listen to the fans thing, which is cool. Like I get it at the end of the day, honestly, that's not going to be a sustainable no. term for anything substantial either. It's just not. You know, so fans were meant yeah. to be listened to fans would run Hollywood. <laughs> i'm saying like i'm saying that's the that's where that's where that is going to end up failing long term and that's why i said this movie on its own fine keep doing it this way Nah, it's just not it's not gonna work long term And and i think the cooks in the kitchen is the right way of thinking about it because i think the thing to compare to marvel briefly is that Kevin Feige doesn't need to worry about someone like The Rock pushing his weight around because there's already an established enough thing where, like, if someone wants to bring a vision to Marvel, it it obviously can be suppressed too much, and we've seen that a million times. But also, you ne- it never has the opportunity of, like, 
knocking a whole project off kilter. And I think that, but I also think the reason why it's never appropriate to prove uh, to compare to Marvel is because DC is actually the, the reason why DC is so comparable to Marvel is because it's superheroes. But if you look at all the other universes people are trying to build, they look a lot more like DC's troubles than they do Marvel's. I mean, Marvel's the unique one in being successful. Every other one's kind of failed uh, or not yeah. been that successful. Um, and so <laughs> think about the, uh, the dark universe the dark that universe. they try to do with that. Too. I've said it before <laughs> on Twitter. I, I don't ask me why I think I could have made the dark universe work. That is like, you know, okay. you know that is my Stephen A. Smith saying he would have won the OJ case. I think I would have made the dark universe work. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm like, I could have made it work. For well, First of all, you don't cast Tom Cruise in the lead role, but oh, that's not here. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I think that if they want to keep doing shit like this, it, it, I actually have, I actually don't really want them to have a big cohesive thing like Marvel does at this point. They don't need to. They don't to. need to. But at the same time, if they're going to do that, then make the movies interesting. That is the thing. I The biggest problem I have with this movie is that it is simultaneously not that coherent with the DC universe, but it's also not that interesting. We're, do one or the other, you know? Uh, and so, yeah. I think the words that you used were uninspired. Yeah. And I completely, under, I completely understood the take while not feeling sure. the same way. Because it's like, no, it's just a... Th- it's, no, it really was a, a movie designed to get you in and get you out, and all right, that's it. Like we're not doing we're not doing a a, a whole shebang and really yeah. diving into people's character backstories and stuff like that. Yeah. But okay, so the the biggest thing, and it, and it was so it was so funny that ten days ago everybody everybody knew about it. Superman was going to be in the film at the end credit scene. The Rock was even at, at the red carpet on all of these premieres, basically basically mm-hmm. spoiling the whole thing too, even though it was spoiled already. But nonetheless, it's like, all right, it's like, might as well use... It reminded me of when Venom did that for the Spider-Man yeah. cameo at the end of it. And it's another example. If you have to use that to sell your movie then I don't know how good your movie is. Mm-hmm. All right. It's really hard to say that your movie's going to be that good. So, but let's just talk about, let's just talk about Superman because uh, since it's topical, Henry Cavill earlier today says that he's back. He is back from whatever contract negotiation issues that he previously had with Warner Brothers because The Rock made sure and as the story goes in the Hollywood Reporter, if you do if you do get a chance, anybody yeah. who's listening right now, read that story mm-hmm. because I think in all of the in all of the how the sausage gets made stuff, what's been happening with Warner Brothers throughout the past few years, and ever since the stuff with Batgirl, the Hollywood uh, the Hollywood Reporter has been doing some really great great pieces on that whole WB thing. So just to get like the gist of it is. So The Rock went to Walter Hermano was like, hey, I want to bring Henry, Henry Cavill back. And he's like, no, I, I don't want to do that. I'm trying to do something different. And he went around him to hire execs. It was just like, hey, I want to do this. And they're like, sure. Now Walter Hermano's out as the, the DC head. Zaslav and, and, and his crew are trying to find another DC head and a lot of people are passing up the opportunity to take that job. I think that says a lot on its own of the state of affairs at WB. Mm. But nonetheless, well, Henry Cavill apparently... <laughs> it really is, right? <laughs> and and Henry, Ca- Henry Cavill is now back in the fold. His, ex- his exact words were, this is just a little taste of what you're going to get 
in the future. So The Rock wants to do this Superman Black Adam thing. Tell me, what did you think of the what did you think of Henry Cavill's return to the fray here? I thought the scene itself was fine. It was whatever. I'm excited mm-hmm. for him to be back because he is great at being Superman. And he Agreed. just it's like the thing I joked in the Discord is like, what are they gonna do? Find another guy who looks exactly like Superman? Like it'd be stupid. <laughs> Um, frankly, I don't know what the deal is, but I wouldn't be surprised if the reason they signed the contract is because I think that the reason why Black Adam did what it did box office, I think the Superman thing really helped. Like, obviously it's bad that they had to use it, but I think that it, I guarantee you there's some, they have some type of way of gauging how much interest peaked because of Superman being in it. And the reactions were legit in the theater. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. They cheered Mm -hmm. when, when he came on. Uh, and and I'm, and I think that that's like a huge part of it, is that I think that it is a gauge that, with all of the stuff that people don't like about the Snyder stuff, and even though online people defend the, it is a matter of fact that <laughs> most people just did not like the Snyder movies. Like the internet people, people on Twitter will make it seem like people did, but most people did not. But mm-hmm. the thing people did like is Henry Cavill because Henry Cavill is kind of fucking undeniable as Superman he's just he looks like superman i don't know what else to tell you you know what i mean um so i think yeah and i also i think even though i feel like in batman versus superman they got these things wrong in this in the justice league they got these things wrong i think also like the embodiment of clark kent and that too there is just there's something synonymous about him when it comes to playing that character. i mean i would say the whole problem with the movies is that he never really gets to play clark kent in any meaningful way um i don't know if yeah. he can i hope he can because obviously the whole thing i think the reason why christopher reeve is so good at superman is because i forget who i first heard said it is like people who make the joke of how do they not tell superman's clark kent it's like you haven't actually watched the movies because if you if you knew someone who acted the way that Chris Reeves Clark Kent acts, you would never in a million years think they could be a superhero. Which I think is a thing that Henry Cavill doesn't necessarily do. But I also think that that's because Zack Snyder wasn't interested in that because he's not interested in anything interesting. Um, but no. I think that he just, I think he's just he's just perfect for it. And I think that I hope that they kind of bring that back without needing to bring back all the baggage, um, because. Yeah. Yeah, he just it, he works, and I don't really have any high expectations. I don't need any of this stuff to be really good. I don't need any of it. Like, I don't need another Superman movie with Henry Cavill in it. If it's there and he's good, and I'm happy about it. Um, and that's the thing I think that DC has on its side is, despite what the Snyder fanatics on Twitter will tell you, there's a lot of low expectations, and that it's if you clear the bar, you clear the bar. It's not gonna take much. Just say, just take Black Adam for instance. Like it's, it's not exactly the, the bell of the ball. And I think internationally it's going to do very well, which will allow them to, as Dwayne uh, put the other day, we're going to fast track some more of these bad boys. So like, okay. I mean, I hope so. Cause I like I, the thing I always will feel about any sort of movie is that I like quantity. And so if they do like three black Adam movies, sure. They probably won't be that good, but that gives me three things to do at a night. So like, that's fine. Well, yeah. And I, I think, so now this is the other thing that they're, that overall we will have to consider. Cause now, because this is the dc university podcast i have to put on my dc hat and really think about how they're going to do things going forward because you have this flash movie 
you have the Ezra Miller situation and how that is going to play out in terms of marketing and also the criminal justice system. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's what I just got to their case and how that's going to go for them. I don't know that there's a lot, there's a lot that they put into that movie and we've discussed it here on this show before what that's going to look like is intriguing. And you still have Aquaman, which has its own stuff. And then whatever they decide to do with Superman and the multiple Batman mm-hmm. that they have in their franchise, they have about three of them right now. Mm-hmm. And what, what, however that looks, we'll see what happens. But if they're going to do this Black Adam versus Superman, either movie, clash, however you want to put it, oh, I'm there for it. If they if if you got the same person doing the action for that, okay, let's let's go. Uh, I'm ready to roll. Yeah, I would agree. Except I also once again would like John Colletera to do another movie about a person being <laughs> on some type of moving vehicle and having action because he did both Nonstop and The Commuter, which are both movies where Liam Neeson plays a former law enforcement official who was framed for a crime while on a moving vehicle. And you know what? They're both pretty great. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go, and and so I'm I'm glad that this movie finally came out because it's just been so much talk about it for so long that it was it was good it was good to see it was good to get theater energy because it's always good to feel what a the gauge of a crowd is for some of these things and it seemed the people that I, I went to Alamo Draft House in uh, in downtown Brooklyn and seemed like people who were very energetic and this was a Sunday night at seven 30. So yeah. I think that was, I think that was, that was pretty cool. So at least so far, it seems that people have been excited that, and maybe that's why the audience score is so high. And, and there's a, there's at least a difference of opinion in terms of what the critics think and what the audience thinks. And I love that this is how the this is how the rock chooses to present it and of course like that's it's a it's a great way to present the the positive side of things but overall when i look at black adam as a film no i still say even after talking this out with you jake uh, yeah i still enjoyed this movie this For is sure. a movie i would watch again and enjoy yes. so i completely understand that i think that the thing that frustrates me is people not understanding that like a movie can be enjoyable and also a critic's job is to evaluate something critically and like 100 and i think yeah. like, i saw a tweet from someone who i'll be i saw that i looked on their account and you follow them and i'm kind of like and then i'm like wait ac follows everyone but it was like i feel like the people who say really that black good. adam's a bad movie are people who like to sip wine listen to fancy music and talk about how movies are art and i'm like i that made me genuinely upset because it's like I like engaging with these types of movies and I don't like, we should aspire for more than just uh-huh. like, you know, like these movies can be good. Like I, I don't want to give up the ghost of these movies being good. And this is not what you're doing at all. But some of the discourse around like, right. People, like there are a lot of movies that are not that good that I enjoy. And, but that doesn't make me be like critics who don't like them. Don't understand that fun is a good thing. It's like, fuck off. Like it's black. And is not that well made. Of, it's, it's not that well done of a movie. It's just what it is, what it is. And there are plenty, like I said, there are plenty of movies that I can say that about that I really enjoy. And so these people who are like acting like there's a fucking conspiracy, just because people who get paid to write about movies and watch more movies in the year than you've watched in your whole life. Think that your movie you like is bad. That's fine. It's fine. Superhero movies won. 
they won. You don't have to. They don't have to be loved by everyone. Anyway, ugh. put your pinky finger up, Jake. Wave your wave your freak flag up high, buddy. You love that art. You I want I, that I, art. I do love art. You know what else I love? I love dumb superhero movies. Once again, there are so many dumb superhero movies that I love that are no, not they, good. They are. And anyway, <laughs> no man, I I, I totally I totally understand your point. Listen, as somebody who can be critical of these movies and just find a lot of things nonsensical when it gets down to the nerd portion of it. No, I mean, there's a lot of... I mean, I'll give you an example with Black Adam. How the hell did they get him up on that bed? Great question. How did that happen? Great question. How did that happen? Who did it? Great. Well, like, I don't get it. Out of all them, them three of them, I know Muhammad ain't lifting no, like you, that. You know, Demo, he's... They they look at him to lift and he'd be like, I got her and get a desk. L5S1. L5S1, man. Hashtag washed agenda. Um, yes, exactly. So like there's a lot of stuff. I mean, if you can even think about the first 10 minutes of the movie and the exposition of That's really bad. That definitely was the worst part of the movie. I and I I I, I the reason that was annoying too in hindsight is because they gave so little of a shit about the actual plot with the villain. It's like we didn't need any of this up top. Also, the bit where like they're not showing Adam's face like they're trying to pretend it's not him it's like I know what the rock sounds like and I know what his head shape is even if you make him look skinny I know uh, that that uh yeah that that quote unquote twist yeah uh, it was it's too it's too funny man but but yeah black black Adam was a fun movie to discuss mm-hmm. we'll see what DC does I'll say I, I am excited for and there's a long trailer for it Shazam Fury of the Gods I'm excited because Shazam is very good, is and David F. Sandberg is a good director. I'm excited. And then, it, listen, also we got Lucy Liu and Helen mm-hmm. Mirren as the villains. You, you can't got go my wrong. West Side Story girl, Rachel Zegler's in there. I'm excited, man. Oh, that's Big right. Big things. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's right. That's the end of the year. So, yeah, we'll definitely be back the beginning to discuss of next year, that. Right? And, oh, it's the yeah. beginning of next year. Okay, they got moved right. again. That's right, they moved it. I keep forgetting it because the trailer um, when I went yesterday said Christmas, and I was just like, oh. Christmas? Why, why did I forget that? But yeah, nonetheless, yeah, we'll see what DC does. They have a lot of, they still have opportunities to kind of ride the ship. Now Superman's back in the fold. I think that got a lot of people excited today. So we'll see where this goes. But, you know, for now, we'll leave it there. Jake, this is a fun conversation. Where can we You can follow, follow you, me sir? on Twitter, at the Jake Christie. And you can follow me on Twitter at AnthonyCanton underscore three. Follow the show at MC University Pod. You know the Patreon. Uh, we have a couple of things cooking on there soon, but mainly get into the Discord for $3 and chat with us about things like Black Adam and how wrestling psychology. I really gave my dissertation on this earlier today. It got, it got, the, it got the crowd going a little bit. So it was nice to have that, that conversation earlier in the day. But appreciate everybody for supporting the next thing that we have going is we have, again, a special presentation later this week. Uh, the Marvel Cinematic University finally starts our special presentations, and this first yep. one is a doozy, folks. It's been a, so it's it, been a long just, time in the making. It's been, we've, been, yes. we've been talking about it for a minute. Yes, we did, we've done the negotiations, and we finally got the person uh, ready to go, so we're excited to do it. So we look forward to hearing... From this person and also we look forward to hearing from you remember five star rate five stars on apple and spotify wherever you get your podcasts even if you got to say something bad just put five stars appreciate everybody for supporting appreciate everybody for listening 
And for Jake Christie, I'm Anthony Kantz on the third. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, not DC University. We will talk to you next time.